everybody. Welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the post-practice edition. Dan Lobby here, and I'm joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great today, Dan. How you doing? Doing all right. And Scott Patsko joining us as well. Scott, how are you? Doing good. I have my office chair in my basement now, so I'm lounging today. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> I was going to say, obviously people can't see us, but you're, you're sitting in this fancy chair. I don't think we've, we've seen it before. So uh, That's right. Yeah. It's Scott fun might, to shake things up a little bit, you know. Scott might nod off here during the podcast, but that's, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we got to get to uh, some news of the day, of course, and the big news is uh, an injury to Mac Wilson it happened during seven-on-sevens. Uh, after the Browns' first team period, Mac Wilson went down, was helped off the field. Uh, he's being evaluated with a knee injury. As of this recording, we don't know the extent of the injury. It certainly did not look good uh, based on his reactions from where we were sitting. And, of course, he was carted off into the field house as well. So, Mary Kay, that, of course, is, is really the big news of the day uh, from Browns camp. It's the possibility that Mac Wilson might miss some time. You hope maybe it's not as bad as it looked, but uh, if, if it is, it, it could be a significant amount of time. Yeah, it was just such a bizarre 24-hour period for Mac Wilson. It started yesterday when he horse-collared Nick Chubb, uh, and Nick ended up hitting his head on the ground. He got a concussion. We found out today he is in the concussion protocol. Then we go out to practice, and we see that Mac Wilson has been demoted to second-team linebacker behind Ty Davis. And before you know it, midway through practice, as you mentioned, after the team drills, there, there he is in seven-on-sevens, breaks up a pass, crumples to the ground. It was just weird. All of a sudden, he's just there on the ground, and it just looked like a non-contact thing. And, um, and then his line, fellow linebackers were gathered around him. Uh, he was worked on uh, right there uh, at, the, at the scene of the crime for a little bit. Then uh, they got him up, and he had to be walked off to the sidelines he could he two guys on either side of him uh, supporting his weight he couldn't put any weight on the left leg gets to the sidelines they worked on the leg for a while the left knee as it turns out they worked on it for a while and did things uh you know that that you you check for ligament damage to the extent that you can in that situation then they called for the cart they bring the cart out and uh the, the whole ride into the field house he basically had his head down and his, his hands on his head, and uh, you know he just looked really down. And again, most athletes usually know when it's kind of bad. Now, I've seen bad reactions before, and then all, you, all of a sudden you find out it's nothing. So sometimes it's fear of the unknown, and, and you're just hoping against hope, or it's early horrible pain, and then it dissipates, and there's no structural damage. But just from his reaction alone, it looks to me like it could be serious. Yeah, Scott, I don't, I don't know if you had a, a good view of the play or not, but um, I, I mean, I guess what, what did you see and, and your takeaway from Mac getting carted off? Yeah, I was, I was following that play through binoculars um, and kind of watching uh, some of the, the uh, who linebackers were. And on that play, it went to, it was a throw to a, a tight end and there was, the ball ended up on the ground for a minute. So I was following that. And I think Jacob Phillips, ended up with a ball, but then everybody's attention shifted, you know, over to the, to the right. And you could see, uh, see Mac Wilson there. And, and you're right, Mary Kay, he did not, he looked uh, kind of in distress a little bit at the beginning, you know, um, kind of up, kind of down. And um, it was hard to tell exactly what, what the issue was. 
and then you know, everybody kind of closed around him. But um, yeah, it was hard to see what happened. It, it certainly leaves um, a big question mark about a, for a, a position group that already had a lot of question marks. Yeah, and of course, you know, the story leading into it was, and Mary Kay, you mentioned this, uh, Mac Wilson had been demoted down to second team. So obviously a, a tough 24 hours or so for him. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit. It's just because we don't know really about the injury. You know, we'll kind of get to maybe the ripple effects later. But let's talk about that demotion as well. Uh, so Mac Wilson, of course, hits Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is now in the concussion protocol. Uh, he, he pays the price by getting demoted to the second unit. Your first thoughts when, when you saw that it was a Tay Davis out there, number 55, and not Mac Wilson, number 51. Well, I'll tell you what. It tells me uh, that, that Kevin Stefanski is not messing around. You know, we've been talking to guys about discipline and the lack of structure last year and discipline and things that we saw that we knew early on where this team had the potential to get out of control. The buzzword this year, I think for all of us when we talk about Kevin Stefanski, is just uh, that he has control of the situation. He's organized. He's detailed. Uh, there's discipline. There's structure. And so what does he do today? Uh, you know, Mac Wilson shows up. He finds himself immediately demoted on the second team. Now those horse collar tackles, I mean, you know, those are illegal, nasty tackles in games where guys get hurt. Those are bad and players, uh, you know, players do not react well uh, when, when they or their teammates get horse collared. I mean, you don't do that. You don't want to do that to an opponent, let alone your star starting running back. Uh, and I think some of this comes from and uh, Scott, you wrote about this the other day, and Matt Wilson has been talking about it a lot, about how this linebacker in core feels disrespected, especially Matt Wilson. He feels like he's kind of the face and the voice for the linebacking core, and he wants to set the tone, and he wants to make sure uh, that, you know, they're not the 31st ranked linebacking core in the NFL. So I think he's been a little overzealous. The, the Nick Chubb hit happened on the first day in pads, when, of course, uh, defenders, you know, they want to go out there and they want to make an impact. But, I mean, you just can't do stuff like that. Kevin Stefanski admitted right off the bat uh, that it's fair to say he was unhappy about it. He backed that up by demoting him today. Yeah, that was a good move. I think, you know, you have to send the message quick. And, you know, nobody knew how Kevin Stefanski was going to be as a head coach. And we're kind of finding that out. And, uh, um, you know, last year we saw players running laps. And we've seen people get pulled out for – for false starts already. Um, but I think something like that, a big message needs to be sent. And I, I don't think that uh, Mac Wilson would have been on second team for very long, but, um, but I think it, it clearly needed to be done. Well, it's important to know too, when, when you talk about the horse collar tackle, and, and I was looking it up here, you know, that's actually a call that cost the Browns a game last year or helped cost them a game uh, against Seattle. Uh, there, there was a horse collar tackle that extended a drive for the Seahawks. And I, I just looked it up. The Browns actually had the lead at the time when it happened. Um, and then Russell Wilson ended up leading the team down the field to, to win a game. So it's, it's part taking care of each other, right? You don't want to hurt your own teammates, but also you have to make good decisions out on the field. You, you, can't, you can't get caught up in, uh, you know, making a horse collar tackle or a blindside block or, you know, kicking somebody in the helmet or punching someone like we saw with Miles Garrett. I mean, there's so many different things that, uh, that, that can happen that can cost you a football game because that line between winning and losing is so thin. It was also interesting today, Kevin Stefanski gathered the whole team together before practice 
and had a long talk with them. Obviously, we, we couldn't hear what he was saying. If we could have heard what he was saying, we couldn't report on it anyway, but we can tell you that uh, he gathered the team together and had a very long talk and had a very long talk with the team yesterday after practice. And the body language of the guys when he was having this talk, Mary Kay, didn't say to me, all right, he's getting them pumped up, ready to go. It said to me, these guys are getting a little bit of a lecture from Coach Stefanski. Yeah, absolutely. That was very, very significant. And once again, he's getting a handle on the situation. He's getting out in front of it. They've only got 14 padded practices. And, you know, they are just like dwindling away. The opener against the Ravens is obviously less than one month away already. They don't have time to be injuring their own star football players. I mean, this just can't happen. Uh, and think about this. So David Njoku was one of the first people to get up in Mac Wilson's face when he did this. Remember last season, of course, against the Jets, David Njoku was knocked out of action for the next 10 weeks with a wrist injury on what he felt was an illegal hit. So he, it's near and dear to his heart when a defender is going to hurt uh, an offensive player. And, uh, and he made that known, and we asked him about it today, and he said, you know, we just don't condone that kind of behavior, and it's not right. I mean, he, he pulled no punches on that. Uh, so there are, there are a lot of people uh, on this team, coaches and, and a lot of people that are upset that, that Mac Wilson did this to obviously not only one of the best players on the team, but one of the most well-loved players and kind of, you know, kind of the face of the Browns right now. I think we can all agree that Nick Chubb is a huge part of this offense, but what, here's a question. What's the bigger, what's the bigger loss right now, Nick Chubb or, or Mac Wilson? You know, Nick Chubb, you know you got Kareem Hunt uh, also in the backfield. The linebacking unit is thin. There's not a lot of experience there. Um, to lose Mac Wilson, I, I don't know. I, that's a tough call. But which one would you say is a bigger loss? Well, I, I, I think yesterday when we made that list um, uh, of players the Browns can't lose, I don't think any of us said Mac Wilson. But now that it's a, a real possibility, you kind of look at this group. Uh, Mac was playing one of the outside spots. He's been there most of camp. It's usually been B.J. Goodson starting in the middle there. Uh, you know, I, I, I still don't have a feel for how they're going to deploy their linebackers, to be honest. I think that's a big part of it. I, I think Mac Wilson is probably replaceable. You know, I, the, the argument for Chubb is they had Kareem Hunt behind him, and that's obviously a really unique situation to have you know, a former rushing champ behind a guy who might win the rushing title this season. Uh, so, so that's a little bit of a weird scenario. I, I think Mac Wilson is probably a little more replaceable than Nick Chubb in a normal situation, but because of the presence of Kareem Hunt, maybe you would have to make the case for Mac Wilson. Well, it, it is a good, it's a very good question and definitely uh, something to think about because you know, again, if you don't have Nick Chubb for, you know, the first four weeks of the season or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, you plug Kareem Hunt right in there and you go about your business. And, you know, we've been wondering all along, how are you going to use these two guys anyways and find enough ways to divide it up so that they both get enough touches. And Kareem Hunt, by the way, and you guys will attest to this, has looked amazing in camp. I mean, he just looks really fast. He looks lighter to me. Uh, he looks faster. I mean, he looks uh, like his, his head is in the game, and he really looks ready to go. As far as uh, the linebacking core is concerned, uh, yeah, we, we don't know 
even who the, the three starters will end up to be. I mean, right now it's been uh, Mac Wilson at weak side. It's been Sione Takitaki on the strong side. And it's been B.J. Goodson in the middle when they're in, in three linebackers. They're not deep. I was just looking this up. I was looking up to see if, uh, and I should know this, and I'm sorry, but I'm out of the loop, if uh, Clay Matthews is has signed with anybody yet. Um, but that was one, uh, no, not that Clay Matthews. Um, <laughs> um, that was a guy that I thought they should have signed this offseason, not only just because of what he brings to the table on the field, but because of the leadership that I think that they need in that room. And I think what's been going on with Mac Wilson over the past even few days is, uh, is a testament to that. He has not signed. Just, uh, okay. just looked it up here. So he Let's is still a free agent. Let's dial him up. I, <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, I, I think that, uh, you know, from what I saw and from Mac Wilson's reaction, it, it does look like he will be out uh, for some amount of time. Now, again, we could be wrong. We've seen stranger things happen. Uh, you know, we have seen, uh, sorry, family member going up the stairs. <laughs> we have seen stranger things. Yes. <laughs> On this podcast. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, we have seen guys have horrible reactions to injuries and then all of a sudden voila they're back on the practice field in a couple of days it just didn't seem it just didn't seem like that to me today well jacob phillips might be up soon that might be the uh the next man up um you know tay davis is a guy that you know was was, was around last year but really he's mostly a special teamer i, I don't know if that's the uh, ideal replacement for the browns yeah he he started five games with the Giants, five of 18 games. Never played more than 31% of the snaps, though. And after that, uh, don't have a lot of options. Uh, Macho Meander and Willie Harvey have yet to play a snap on defense in the NFL. You have an undrafted free agent um, behind them. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty slim. And suddenly, you know, somebody with Clay Matthews' uh, – experience suddenly looks good even if maybe he's not the ideal replacement for what Mac Wilson did in this defense um maybe, maybe that's something they take a look at they clearly if it is the worst case scenario and Wilson is out I think you almost have to make a move I don't know if you want to go into week one just with what you have right here yeah and I mean Clay Matthews again I, I haven't looked at his uh grades lately but I do know that he had eight sacks last year and he's 30 something uh, to be able to produce eight sacks at that age. And of course, I know you kind of start to go off the cliff a little bit as you get up into those thirties, but, um, but to be able to produce that, that kind of pressure from that position, I think that could be valuable. And, you know, at this point, uh, you know, they just might have to, to look for a guy like that, depending on how long Mac is out. 34. 34. It just adds more question marks. I was nervous about this linebacking core going into week one to begin with, and now you start taking guys off of it. Uh, and it just adds more question marks to, to one of probably the position on that defense that has the most question marks to begin with. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we saw at practice today in Berea. Time for me to tell you all about Football Insider, our tech subscription service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, 
analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something and I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216 208 3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Scott Patsko, and let's talk a little bit of practice because outside of the whole Mac Wilson situation, there was a practice, and again, the Browns were in pads. So Mary Kay, uh, some, some folks back on the field for the Browns. One guy, Larry Ogunjobi, not on the field. Uh, but tell us a little bit about who's back today. Well, just very briefly, Miles Garrett's still out, but he should be back in a couple of days, according to Chris Kiffin, DL coach. Uh, and Larry Ogunjobi out with a groin today. Again, that could be a function of practicing on that crazy wet grass yesterday. I, just, I figured there would be more injuries than, than that. Um, being out there in that rain yesterday. Uh, but Jarvis Landry and Carl Joseph were back today. They sat out yesterday. It's part of the plan for them. Uh, they started out on active pup, uh, Jarvis with the hip, Carl Joseph with the foot. So they were back out there today. Uh, Jarvis got some reps in, um, in those team drills. So it was the first opportunity in pads to see Jarvis and Odell in the regular offense. It was for the, mo- for the most part, it was the starting offense, except for a few a few key pieces, including J.C. Treader and Nick Chubb. Uh, but, but for the most part, it, it was what you were going to see. Now, what we, one thing that we saw with the first-team offense was Denzel Ward picking off Baker Mayfield on a deep ball into double coverage for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so those two, I think, are still working on trying to uh, make sure that they're on the same page. And they're going to have to ramp that up and, and work harder to get it together. Yeah, Scott, this was a day where um, it was good to see a guy like Jarvis back. And, of course, you know, we talked about the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb thing. You don't lose a whole lot there. Uh, but, again, just like yesterday, this was a day where it, it seemed like the defense certainly won the day, especially early on. Yeah, it's uh... – and, and that pass by Baker, it, it really fluttered on its way there to uh, that deep pass. Um, it, it, I mean, he, I think he was rolling out, but it, was, it almost looked like it got tipped, even though there was nobody around him. It wasn't, it wasn't his finest moment. Um, but yeah, the defense, I think, is, uh, is kind of carrying things right now. But um, I guess one of the things that stood out to me, um, I didn't see a lot of the fullback today. 
uh, I saw a lot of tight ends in the backfield, which is something that we saw experimented with a lot uh, last preseason with the Browns. But you had Austin Hooper in the backfield lining up in front of uh, Kareem Hunt and kind of swinging out in the screen passes. Um, different ways of getting the tight ends uh, uh, involved. Um, but Kareem Hunt really, I think, uh, and, and again, they're not, they weren't out there tackling, but uh, he, he looked really good getting to the edge and, and turning plays into something where you know it was going to be a substantial game, uh, even if they were tackling. So um, I know Mary Kay, you mentioned it before that he, he looks great. And he, you know, today it's, I can't imagine, it's going to be weird not seeing him be a main back. It's going to be weird seeing him and, you know, when Chubb comes back, them splitting because he's just, he looks like he's, uh, he's the best thing going in the backfield right now. He's fast. Uh, that's for sure. He looks really, you've said this a few times, Mary Kay, he does look really fast. He looks like he's in shape. Look, last year was a weird year. Uh, he wasn't even a play for the first eight games. So I think we got a, a little taste of it, but I don't know where he was mentally last year. I don't know where he was this time, of, you know, physically last year. And, and of course he had the injury last year too, um, that, that kept, that would have sidelined him had he been able to play. So he looks like a guy that's ready to kind of show, Hey, I can still do this. And uh, eventually, eventually they're going to have to break up this duo, but for this season, at least it's really going to benefit the Browns to have this guy. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to talking to him again because uh, I want to ask him how much weight he lost. He looks to be like he's almost down. I would say just visually, I, I see about 10 pounds lighter now. I, I could be wrong about that because we are kind of far away. Um, but he, he just looks lighter, faster, leaner, uh, more agile. Now, again, uh, today they were without some of their starting defenders. They did not have Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Mac Wilson. Carl Joseph was in and out. Um, he did not get a lot of reps. So they were down potentially four defensive starters, but still, uh, like you guys said, I mean, he, he's getting there uh, in a hurry. It doesn't, I mean, he's left, right, catching the ball, running the ball. Uh, and then, and he's running past the whistle. You know, they're, they're, you know, blowing the play dead and he is still going. So he, he just seems like he's on a mission. You know, another guy, this guy's just sort of a survivor, Terrence Mitchell actually had a nice day today. He made a play on the sideline and Denzel Ward had a day where he kind of took it light. He had the interception, uh, but there were some times when the first team went out there and Denzel, Denzel Ward just kind of stood on the sideline. Uh, it didn't look like there was anything wrong. I was keeping an eye on him. He was just standing there and he was back out there a little later in the, in the afternoon too, but uh, he, he kind of took it a little easy today and that gave Terrence Mitchell an opportunity. And I guess if we're, uh, if we're keeping score, if you're updating your depth chart at home, uh, Chad Thomas was not starting at end today. It was uh, Port Augustine starting over there. So I guess Chris Kiffin meant it when he said there's going to be competition and uh, guys are going to have to to fight for these spots. Now, obviously, if Miles Garrett is out there, Port Augustine is not. But uh, just if you're looking down that depth chart, I don't know, maybe a guy to keep in mind. Did we miss anything off practice today? Did we get everything? I think so. The only thing worth pointing out maybe is that uh... – you know, when they started 11 on 11, it was pretty much first team offense, first team defense. But as they went, it was considerably more first team offense against second and third team. There was a lot more shuffling on that defense. And the offense still really wasn't, I guess, making those plays that, that, that stick in your head, you know. Um, so they weren't exactly, it was really kind of maybe unbalancing a little bit. 
um, you know, I don't, again, it's, it's practice. It's not an actual game situation, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, I, I feel like they're kind of running through the gauntlet uh, and they're in a five day stretch of, of practice without a break, which kind of seems like a lot to me uh, when you're sort of in a, in a, in an abbreviated camp like this, it just seemed like they should go maybe three, take a day off. Uh, but they have such detailed exercise science that, you know, they have it down to, you know, what time of day they should be practicing and how long and all this kind of stuff. Now, and they're also in a ramp up period into pads where yesterday they were allowed to do 90 minutes. Today they were allowed to do 105. And then for the next three days, they're allowed to add 15 more and 15 more and 15 more. Uh, till they get up to a total of 150 minutes uh, at the end of these five days. And um, it just seems like this five-day stretch, uh, you know, let's just hope they just don't have too much more attrition in terms of injuries. Yeah, they're trying to balance that installation and all that stuff they could have done in the spring, trying to balance out getting guys ready to play. I do think honestly, this camp is going to get a little more competitive as we go along. And I think you they have to start getting these guys game ready too. So I'm curious if we'll start to see a little bit of that next week. One good news, good note for the offense, the Baker Mayfield, Austin Hooper connection looks good. Bad news. That's about the only connection <laughs> that has looked good the last couple of days. They got a lot of work to do on this offense, but they still have some time to, to try and get all of that stuff worked out. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts to get this right in your feed as soon as we hit that publish button. And of course, subscribe to Football Insider. We had lots of updates for you today off the Zoom calls, off the practice. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed there as well. For Scott and Mary Camp, Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.